0: Good morning, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning. I was uh, thinking about different things, and I was looking for a picture kind of for my, I don't know if you call that a title slide or what, but um, I like this one because every morning um, the girls always like to run out and look out the front porch um, across toward, uh, well, be be kind of toward Dale and Regina's, but they like to look out over what's where uh, Marvin Wheelie's pond was, uh, is, because they always like to see what the sky looks like. Because it's really, you know, as the sun comes up through over there, it's always just really so cool to look at that. And the other morning, um, I don't know what it was that was creating it. I don't know if it was uh, jet streams that were making it, but there was just like these neon, orange, yellow, red, Streaks just across the sky, and it was really cool. Um, but that's one of their favorite things is to see the sunrise in the morning. And I always think about that and just the, just the blessing that we get uh, from God to see, you know, just such beautiful things. Whether it's in the morning as the sun's coming up, and we get to see everything kind of come to life, or if it's in the evenings as the sun's going down, and we just see all the different colors and all the different ways that He just uh, blesses us. But um, that's definitely one of our favorite things in the morning to go and look over Marvin's pond and see what uh, see what the sky looks like. So let's pray as we start this morning. Father, as we uh, as we come to you, God, um, we're so thankful for today. We're so thankful for all of our blessings, God. You are so good to us, uh, Father, and we are um, so thankful for the way that you provide for us, the way that you take care of us, uh, Father, the way that you um, just always, always give us so much. Uh, Father, you take care of our needs. Uh, God, you give us um, blessings so far beyond what we need. Uh, Father, we are, um, we're just in awe of you. Uh, Father, we're thankful for nature. We're thankful for the way that you display your power in our lives uh, all the time, Father. And um, I just pray that as we, as we think about you, as we think about the things that you've surrounded us with. God that we would be um, always aware of you always looking for you in, in every day father that we can see you moving uh, we can see you uh, just touching our lives father and to um, to change us uh, father that we can we can see you better uh, father we can know, uh, know you more God I pray for our service this morning uh, I pray that you would be with our hearts as we worship you uh, that we would be um, Drawn closer to you, drawn closer to each other, uh, Father, you would um, you would bless everyone who is here, uh, Father, you would bless everyone who's um, watching online, Father, or involved in this service. God, I just pray for the men who will serve this morning. Pray for their hearts. I pray that they would uh, lift you up. I uh, pray for Dave this morning that he um, would present uh, the the lesson that you have given to him, Father. that He would speak with boldness, Father. He would feel your presence, uh, Father, and he would let you uh, speak through him. Uh, God, is pray for those who are traveling, uh, Father, the group that's coming home from Winterfest, give them safety, Father, give them a, a quick and uh, easy trip home, Father, without complications. Uh, we know that you're uh, just watching over uh, every person there, Father, and I pray that it's been a blessing to them uh, to be there and to hear about you and to, uh, to draw closer as a group. Father, just um, pray that they would uh, they would bring uh, things back to us, Father. That we can uh, we can learn also, and we can be encouraged uh, by the things that they've been encouraged with. God, I pray that you would be with those who are sick. Uh, Father, just continue to uh, bless them. Uh, Father, um, all those who have been in the hospitals, uh, Father, just uh, lay your hands on them, uh, give them healing, help them to uh, come back to us, Father, and to um, allow them uh, to return to their health uh, father if it's your will and i just pray that um, that you would just continue to be with us uh, this morning god um, be with us through our service and be with us through our day in
1: jesus name amen come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before
2: morning scripture reading today will be from Psalms 103 verses 8 through 14 the Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in mercy he will not always strive with us nor will he keep his anger forever he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities for as the heavens are high above the earth so great is his mercy towards those who fear those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our our frame, he remembers that we are dust.
3: Pray with me. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning you've blessed us with just thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to just join here as a family, a family of yours to fellowship with each other and just glorify your name. We pray that um, everyone here will be uh, uplifted at this service, your name will be glorified and, and everyone can leave here today uh, being A better person than when they came in just um, be with all the ones that are on the sick list there are a lot of them just be with the doctors caring for them be with their families and and just uh, give them comfort and if it's your will give them healing Uh, be with everyone else that that has any type of struggles where it be physical uh, spiritual whatever it is just uh, wrap your arms around them and help them get through their times of struggle. We thank you for everything you give us. Most of all, I thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. The Lord thy God, in the
1: midst of the
4: Can't imagine back, um, you know, before the Passover, before Jesus was betrayed, that He knew ahead of time. Can you imagine when your closest friends, 12 people you spent all your time with, did everything with, seeing you do all kinds of miracles, seeing you do things that they've never seen or heard anybody ever do? And we had people that believed in Him from what they heard, not what they saw. And these guys were with Him every single day. And to know when your closest friends would betray you, it just... I don't think there's anything worse that can happen to you almost. It's, it's all, and the fact that you knew it was coming and and, then you, and you still let it happen to you. Because um, I think betrayal from somebody that's got close to you is probably the worst thing. It could happen to you. In Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. He says, As we were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. Take us eat and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave it and, and said thanks and gave it to them and drink of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And then he said to them, all of you be made stumble because of me this night. For it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep and the flock will scatter. He knew when they took him that they were all going to go different ways. But he needed them to come back together again. He needed those men that he trusted to come back together, and be stronger once he was gone and once he was resurrected. But he still knew that that one of his friends was going to betray him and he was going to die. And he didn't want to die. He said he asked God if he could take it away from him. He could, but if he wanted, if that's his will, he'd take it. I just can't even imagine. <laughs> you knew ahead of time that somebody was going to betray you, and there's, you're going to die, and, and you still let it happen. Um, so I looked at what Judas got out of it, 30 pieces of silver. And I thought, that must have been a lot of money, right? 30 pieces of silver, it's got to be this incredible, incredible number, I mean, to, to betray one of your best friends. So I looked up, and 30 pieces of silver, they were... Tetradramus and it was like 15 troy ounces of silver. So I looked up the price of silver was yesterday, and the price of silver yesterday was $23.60 an ounce. And if you multiply that, it's $354. For $354 worth of silver, he was betraying one of his best friends. Can you imagine, somebody gave you 300 bucks to betray one of your best friends, and and the guy you knew could do miracles, for three hundred fifty-four dollars, I, I, I just can't even fathom it, that, that, that that went through his mind. Let alone he did it. And and Jesus told him he could call his father would send him more than twelve legions of angels. To, to and he would not gave Pilate any power at all. So I thought, how many is a legion? You know, I mean, you think back. Are we talking about Roman legions? So I looked it up and. More than 6,000 men was considered a legion in the Roman army. So if we just say he was going to send him 12,000, that's 72,000 angels. Well, what could 72,000 angels do? So I did a little more, and Isaiah, I can't get it out today, Thirty-seven, thirty-six, recorded a single angel obliterated 185,000 men in one night. One angel killed 185,000 men one night. So what could 72,000 angels do? Well, that single angel could obliterate 185,000 one night. That would mean the combined strength of 6,000 angels, one legion, could get rid of 1,110,000,000 men. And if you take that same number by 72,000 angels, which was six legions, it would be 13,320,000,000 people. That's more than was on the planet back then. I mean, we, don't have, we didn't have census back then. They didn't go through. I mean, he did do a little bit of it. Some countries did. but I, I, So I thought, what's the population now? Because there's got to be more people now than back then, right? There's, there's so many more people. There's 8 billion in the world right now. 8 billion, 92 million. So Jesus could have called and wiped the planet out. Not just all the bad people he wanted to get rid of. He could have wiped the entire planet out and been standing there and said, yep, I want it all. I did it all. But he didn't. He let them take him. He let his one of his friends betray him, and then he died for us. And he let us, he gave us to us because he knew how weak we were. He, he knew how we'd struggle. I struggle every day. I mean, if we come here on Sunday and we do this, remember that he gave everything. He gave us everything, and he knew it ahead of time. I can't even imagine knowing if I had to walk into a building, somebody was going to kill me. That I could walk into that building. Let alone that one of your good friends was gonna betray you and, and have you killed in that building. Could you walk in that building? Drive right on past, wouldn't you? So would I. I just can't imagine it. And he could have called, you could have called the SWAT team in, 72,000 people, bam, come in and wipe them people out of that building, and then you could walk in, right? But he didn't. He walked in anyway and he took it for us because he knew that we needed that because we struggled so much. You bow your heads with me? You follow. We thank you for everything you did for us, the courage you had to let them torture you and kill you, Lord, so we could have this time that we could take this little piece of bread and, and this wine and remember the great sacrifice you gave for us. May we do it in a manner that's pleasing in your sight. In have heaven's name we pray. Amen. Continue to give thanks for fruit divine. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this fruit divine. It represents your Son's blood, his precious blood that was shed for remission mission our sins, Lord. May it wash us white as snow in your side. In your heaven name we pray. Amen.
0: If you'd all stand, we're going to sing Days of Elijah, and then we'll have a few minutes just to greet each other. Also, if you're in Gabe's class, you're going to be staying out here uh, for class time this morning. I know all that stuff kind of happens at this moment, so I wanted to make sure I said that before I forgot. You guys went back there, and he wasn't there.
1: these are the days of elijah declaring the word of the lord and these are the
2: Thank <laughs> you. sunshine. I am glad to be here this morning. I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk to you this morning. I welcome you here. I welcome all those that uh, may be watching uh, on the internet. We appreciate having you with us this morning as well. This morning, I want to talk about describing something that you've never seen before. How do you describe something to someone that they've never seen before. So there's something out there you want to describe to them and they've never seen it before. Well, generally you make comparisons, right? So what color is that? Okay, orange, red, okay, whatever. How do you describe red? So so somebody's never seen red before. How do you describe red? How do you describe red to a little child? You compare it to something. An apple, red apple, not a yellow apple, a red apple, Okay. How do you describe red to somebody that's blind? They've never seen an apple. They've never seen anything red. They've never seen color, for that matter. How do you describe something to somebody that, that has never seen it before? Comparisons don't give you the full picture. They don't always work. So this morning, we're going to talk about how, getting to know God. Who is this God that we serve? How do you describe God? We've never seen God. A few people have seen the back of God, but we've never seen God. Comparisons would be totally inadequate to describe God. All we have are imperfect examples that we can describe God with. The the comparisons are totally, totally inadequate to talk about God. So the first thing we want to talk about God is God has revealed himself to us in in many different ways, in prophets, in scripture, in nature. He's revealed himself in Christ. He's revealed himself in miracles and signs. But the first thing that I want to talk about, about God, is that he is. God is eternal. He is. Everything Everything we see has an end or goes away. Everything in our life, everything that we see out out in nature, everything is going to go away. We cannot comprehend something that does not end. We can't comprehend eternity. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. This takes in our concept of I was, I am, I will be all rolled into one phrase, the I am. God is the I am. He was and is and is to come. And in fact, that's exactly how he's described in Revelation. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. God is saying, I exist. I existed in the beginning I exist now, and I will exist forever, for eternity. I will never go away. He is the God who is. So, He, the God who is. Why is this important? Why is it important that God is, was, is to come? We equate age with wisdom, with knowledge. God has all wisdom. And when you think about that, God was there in the very beginning. So he has all wisdom. He has all knowledge. He has everything. He's just, he's just everything. He's something that we can trust and count on because God will always be there. When... When uh, companies try to advertise their strength, they talk about the Rock of Gibraltar, this big rock that sticks out of the ocean. And they say, that we're not gonna change. We're always gonna be there. But you know what? The Rock of Gibraltar is gonna be burned up eventually. The thing that we talk about as being there forever is gonna be burned up. The earth is gonna be burned up. But God is there forever. He will always be there for us. He will never leave us. He is omnipresent. That just means he is always there. He's always present. So who is this God? He is loving. I want to read a story for you. This story is from Reader's Digest. It's from Life in the East United States. I, I don't know when it was put in. While working at my secretarial station in Boston's New England Medical Center, I noticed a distinguished gentleman and his young son on their daily visits to the chemotherapy center. Impeccably tailored suits and a head of lush salt and pepper hair made the man stand out. As I admired him and his smiling five-year-old, I found it impossible to tell who was receiving treatment. One day as they walked past, my attention was drawn to the boy. The cap he usually wore was missing. I could see a shiny bald head. I turned, <clears throat> I turned toward his father. To my surprise, he was as bald as his son. Look at my dad, the boy said cheerfully. <clears throat> he shaved his head so that we'd look the same. We're going to grow our, grow our hair back together. His father simply smiled, looking more distinguished than ever. When we think about loving, and when we talk about God, we talk about the father, uh, the father relationship, the father-son, the fa- father-daughter relationship. But our comparisons to the father-son, father-daughter, are woefully inadequate because there are deadbeat dads that are out there too. There are dads who leave. There are fathers who abuse. There are fathers who kill. It is an imperfect comparison when we talk about God being the Father. But it's the best we've got. There is no, no one on earth who loves like God does. The, the idea of the father-child relationship is the closest thing we can think of to the love that God has. But his love goes so far beyond that. We just can't comprehend someone who loves that deeply, who will never leave us. Even in death, he will never leave us because he's always there. He's always being the father for us. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if the spirit, but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, "Abba, Father." The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. The term here, Abba Father, I, I looked it up, and there's really not a lot that's said about it. It's, it's, the, it's the name they used for God when they when they prayed. But the closest thing that I can come up with is it's a term of endearment, almost like daddy, uh, daddy-father, the, the daddy who, who loves us. We can get close to God. We can draw near to God in that father-relationship. We can draw close and have a relationship like the father-child relationship, like the father-son relationship, like the father-daughter relationship. We can have that kind of relationship With our God. He wants that kind of relationship. With us. Which of you fathers. If your son asks for a fish. Will give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg. Will give him a scorpion. If you then. Though you are evil. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven. Give the Holy Spirit. To those who ask him. Jesus in this passage had just given the lord's prayer and part of the lord's prayer is give us this day our needs our daily bread god knows even better than we do how to meet the needs that we have he knows our needs he knows us inside he knows what we need and he gives that generously to us As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers we are dust. He does not, God does not treat us as we deserve. We fall short. No matter who we are, no matter what we think about, no matter how hard we try, we, every one of us falls short of what God wants us to do. he does not treat us in the ways that we fall short. Fathers have compassion, but it's not nearly to the level of the compassion of God. Again, here, he gives a comparison. As far, God's love is as high above as the heavens are above the earth. And he takes our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west. Now, The people at that time, I'm not sure how they viewed the world. I'm sure they haven't, they didn't see it like we do. But when you think about east from west, east, now I'm pointing the wrong direction, okay? If east is that way, west is that way. So as far as the east, if you think all the way to the east and all the way to the west, that's as far apart as things could be. Now, in our modern understanding, the world's round, so if you keep going east, you're gonna get west, right? But if you keep going west, you're gonna get east. So it's, it's still the same comparison. It's, that's how far God transmits our transgressions, takes them away from us. God's love, he is loving. Why is this important? We understand the formal father. We understand we've all had a father or seen somebody like a father. We understand the, that father relationship, but the example falls so short because we, God just loves so much more than even we can as a father. God's love for us exceeds anything that we can imagine, anything that we can see in this earth, and anything that we can imagine in our heads. We need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves us. God loves every one of us. And he wants us to be with him in glory. God is also patient. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And also bear in mind that the Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. God's patience results in salvation only if the person is moving toward God in obedience. Now, think about that a minute. God's patience, and I don't know that I'd ever thought about it like this before, but he is patient in in 2 Peter 3. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to to perish. He's patient with you because he doesn't want you to perish he's patient with me because he doesn't want me to perish we often think about this verse and we say he's patient wanting everybody to come to him well that's true but it's it's more personal than that he's patient with me because he keeps forgiving me as long as I'm going toward him, as long as I'm moving toward him in obedience, I have that salvation. He's patient with you, waiting for you to come to him, waiting for you, not for everybody else, waiting for you to come to him. The, the verse, one of the verses in between here, Uh, Verse 14 says, to make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace. And that's what God is, is wanting. He's waiting for us. He's patient with us, wanting us to come to him and to continue to come to him, to walk in that path toward him. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. God is patient. That's, That's God in a word is patient. Consider how patient he was with Israel. Now, I'm, I think several people in here are, are doing the daily Bible, uh, the chronological daily reading. Well, we've just finished up talking about Israel uh, going through the, the the desert. You know, God being patient with them for 40 years as they as they figured out how to to love God and how to follow God. He was pa- He was so patient with Israel. They grumbled, they complained, they didn't like this, they didn't like that. But God kept loving them. God kept being patient with them. God wanted them to come to him. All the underlined words in here show God's patience because he is compassionate and gracious even though we fall so very short of what he wants us to do. So, God is patient. Why is this important? Again, our examples fall so short. No one shows the level of patience that God does. No one is as patient as what God is with us. Patience means forgiveness even when you fall short. Because we continue to go toward him. As long as we continue to work and go toward him. But... His patience leads to our procrastination. And I never really thought about this before either. Because God is patient, sometimes we procrastinate. We put off following. We put off drawing closer. We put off doing what God wants us to do. So the idea is don't procrastinate. He wants us to come to him he wants a relationship with us god is also knowing we often make jokes about mothers having eyes in the back of their head they they know everything their children's doing and sometimes that even applies to fathers but uh, our knowing example falls very short again of god because god is omniscient he knows everything that's because he was there in the beginning he's been there the entire time he created us he knows us he created the world he knows the world he knows how the world works God is knowing but the Lord said to Samuel do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him the Lord does not look at the things man looks at man looks at the outward appearance But the Lord looks at the heart. We look at people from the outside. I look at you and I I see you. I see your outside. I see what you're like. But there's no earthly example of seeing what's in somebody's heart. There's There's no example of that. We can only see what people want us to see of what's in their heart, in our heart. Sometimes we we let that out a little bit. But God knows our very thoughts. He knows exactly what we're thinking. He knows exactly what our intentions are. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the Lord your God and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive Behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you. This is David's advice to his son Solomon. Do we really believe that God understands our every motive? Not only does he know our thoughts, not only does he know what we do, but he knows the motive behind what we do. God understands every motive behind our very thoughts. That's, That's amazing. And when famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, or when enemies besiege them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made by any of your people, Israel, each one aware of his afflictions and pains and spreading out his hands toward the temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and deal with each man according to all he does, since you know his heart, for you alone know the hearts of men. God will deal with us according to our hearts. God will deal with us according to the motives, our very motives behind our thoughts. So who is this God? He is knowing. Why is this important? Every one of us have things we did that our parents didn't know about. Right? I don't want to show our hands, but you know we all have. We think subconsciously that God doesn't know. Don't we? We think subconsciously the same way That God doesn't know. But he does. We think he is not here. God is here. He knows. He sees our hearts. He knows our motives behind our thoughts. I missed one here. He is guide. When we think of a guide... We think of those maybe who have failed us as guides. Sometimes our parents have failed us as guides. Sometimes our friends don't guide us in the way we ought to go. Sometimes even preachers don't don't guide us in the way we need to go. Often we need a guide and there's no one there. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever god is always with us that's the same as what we began talking about that he is he's always here he's always with us you know what god is never wrong he always guides us if we listen to him he always guides us in the right way he's never wrong god has the biggest picture in mind now Oftentimes when somebody's talking about something, they say, well, step back and look at the big picture. You know, our big picture is nothing compared to God's biggest picture. You get that? God has the biggest picture. He knows what we need. He has the biggest picture in mind. God has our best interest in mind we may look at something that's happening on to us in our life on earth in politics and whatever and we say lord why are you letting this happen god has the biggest picture he knows he understands and he has our best interest in mind This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea, your descendants would have been like the sand, your children like its numberless grains. Their name would never be cut off nor destroyed. From before me. God guides us. In this scripture he talks about. If you would have done this. This is Israel. He's talking that Isaiah is talking to. Because Israel didn't always follow. The guide that God was. Was being for them. So God guides. But we must follow. We must follow. And we should want. To follow. So, who is this God? Who is this God that we serve? Comparisons only work if you realize the shortcomings. If you realize that the father analogy only goes so far. Because earthly fathers are weak. Earthly fathers are sinful. Earthly fathers fail. When we think about who is this God and we think about worship him, worshiping him... We need to realize the comparisons, but we need to realize the shortcomings. Only take the very best to make the comparison. Only the very best father could even begin to compare to God to make that comparison. So who is this God? He is. God will always be there for us. He has always been there for us and he will always be there for us. He is. He is loving. God's love for us exceeds anything we can describe. We can't even imagine the love that God has for us. Um, As as Troy was talking about at at the Lord's Supper, we can't even imagine God sending his son and seeing him die on the cross for us. We, we can't even imagine that love. God is patient. God's patience should lead us to be always better for him. God's patience gives us the breathing room to say, I'm going to continue to get better. I'm going to continue to go after God. I'm continue... To do what he wants me to do. So God's patience should lead us always to be better for him. God is knowing. Our hearts are laid bare before God. He sees everything in there. He sees everything that we are. Every motive behind our thoughts. God is knowing. And our God is our guide. God is the best guide that we could ever have in our lives. Because he has the biggest picture in mind. He has the whole of eternity in mind. God knows our heart. He knows us. Do we want to have a relationship with God? Do we want to draw closer to God? Do we want to accept Him as our guide? We must decide do we want to follow God? Do we want to obey God? Do we want to come close to God? Do we want to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? It's our decision. God won't force us. God won't, God won't push us. He's there for us. This morning, if you need to accept God and put him on in baptism, we ask you to come forward. If, if you've fallen short and you feel like you, you need to ask the prayers of the elders or uh, us in general, you can come forward and also ask that as we stand and sing.
1: Turn my heart
5: Thank you, Jack. Good morning, Sunshine. It's good to see you all here. We're, we're kind of short in numbers this morning. We have about 40-some 40, 40 people down at Gatlinburg at Winterfest, and uh, we, we pray that they have a good, good day and a safe trip home. But we're glad that you're here. Uh, I wanna look over our sick list, the ones that we know about. Uh, <clears throat> First of all, Paul Harris uh, got dismissed from the hospital, much improved, and uh, so a prayer was answered there. Uh, Rich Book had an operation. He's, uh, he said he, everything went fine, but he's, he's very sore and he's moving slow. So we'll look for Rich back in, in a few days. There's a card in the back, two cards actually, uh, for uh, uh, Greg Farrell and Clyde uh, Ball. These are large cards and we'd like for all of you to stop by and sign your name as we send the cards to them. Uh, Clyde uh, remains in uh, best care and uh, Greg Farrell, I, I saw this morning, I noticed that Greg's gonna be going back to uh, OSU Hospital, <clears throat> I think on Tuesday for more, uh, more testing and, and uh, the results from that, will tell him about the future here. Uh, Candy Cooper, I know Candy Cooper's home with flu-like symptoms. And are there any others that I'm not aware of? I'm very capable of having an announcement right in my hand and being dismissed. And then somebody will say, why didn't you mention this? And I'll look right over it. But that's all of them that I've been notified about. There's a a note there about a ladies' day, a ladies' tea, tea party coming up in April, so ladies take notice of that. And I think that's about all I had to, to mention to cover here. There's a, there's a note at the bottom <clears throat> of, the, of the bulletin. In a world where you can be anything you want, be kind. And it costs nothing to be kind and considerate to other people. So let's keep that in mind. If you'd stand with me now, we'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for uh, uh, the lesson that we've received this morning. We thank you for all those who participated in the worship. And we just uh, ask you to go with us. And especially, uh, we thank you that you don't repay us for what we deserve as read, read to us in Psalms 103, we thank you for that and help us to do better each day of our lives and go with us now as we separate and go to our homes. In, in Christ's name we pray. Amen.